Hello my friends, and welcome back to another episode of In The News. This is a wee mini-series that me and my good friend Cameron Bryce are doing, where we talk about everything that's in the news, and obviously what's not in the news. Now look, I won't lie to you my wee darling angels, this episode is pretty heavy, as we talk about some tough topics, but look, I do believe that these are necessary conversations about uncomfortable truths. So we do cover loads of kind of different topics, you know, from the racism highlighted by the invasion of Ukraine to the latest IPCC report on climate change. You know, it is quite a heavy episode, so I think we might need to start kind of balancing out these news episodes by doing guided meditations or something like that. Maybe at the end of them, because, you know, you do deserve to also remember your power and remember that you are special and infinite and we have the ability to make and mould the world in the image that we want it to be. You know, this does kind of just, it begins in the community, it begins with organising, you know, it begins with developing survival skills, and uh, beginning to develop mutual aid processes. All of this is what will ensure that we're on the path to making sure that our communities are out with capitalist control. But yeah, as ever, if you want to support the podcast, then please do check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Radical Radio Scotland. Over there, you can get access to like a whole bunch of things, like early episodes and all that stuff. But yeah, with all of that said, let's join the news teams where you are. Yeah, I think we should obviously just start off talking about the racism that's been highlighted by the occupation of Ukraine. Have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen much about that? Uh, yeah. Um, it's oh, mate, it's so sad to see from all sides. Like, can you imagine being in a situation where uh, your country's been invaded and you are trying to? Get you and your family out of, uh, out of like harm's way, um, and like leave everything behind, leave your homes, and then, like before, like on your way to 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 like a safe country, um, you're being hauled off trains or you're being stopped at borders, um, because then because of like because of your race. Um, like where, where, where do you go then? Where do you go in that situation? Fuck knows, mate. <laughs> where would you go? You can't answer that. Yeah, you like what? What? What do you do? Like people, people are trapped in in a, in a war zone now, and I know that that's. I mean, we said this last week. Everything that we say about the Ukraine situation has been like. Um. People in countries all over the world are facing, are, are, are have been facing that like day to day for years and years. But you still got, you've got no idea how you'd even comprehend dealing with that situation and looking after like your family and that as well. Nah, no, you're right. You're right. It's horrible, isn't it? It's mad that mm-hmm. it was like even just before they even left the country, not just getting stopped at borders in Poland and and obviously like. It's spilling over to here because we're the only country in Europe that don't that require a visa for Ukrainian yeah. refugees. Yeah, they were uh, they were bragging about taking in 
are they being in the Home Office or are the, are the, the government about taking in or we've taken in taking 50 of these applications and then they're like, no, 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 it's like a thousand and they're like, no, no, it's actually 5,000. You're like, right, okay, well, Poland have taken in one million people. Yeah. Um, Did you see I, that bit, like, I know this is obviously electoral politics and all that, but did you see Michael Gov today? Gov? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was calling Michael it's Gov. One, it's one million percent Gov, but... Uh, I, he doesn't deserve his name to be said, right? <laughs> That's fair. Good <laughs> Have I always done that? Have I always done that? Yeah, I've heard you. I've heard you do it before. I don't know why I waited to be on like podcast episodes. Oh, mate, <laughs> calling me out. Uh, what what uh, an opportunity it was though. Sorry, <laughs> right? What were you saying about Michael Gov? Hi, <laughs> Michael Gov. The day was <laughs> he was on. Uh, I don't know which show he was on. One of these mad politics, politics talk, today. talk show, some of that talk show yeah. things. Yeah. And he was saying that they'd approved, I think it was 300,000. Visas? Visas. Yeah. And then when he got pressed on it, it was like, no, it was actually 3,000. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, but they've got no actual interest. Everything they do is... Like, stuff like that shows that they've got no, that they've got no real interest in helping people, like... He's obviously just tried to learn a number instead of being actively invested in helping people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. Like, it's the same. Um, oh, it's the same with like. I, I know we were going to talk. We were going to talk about this, but it kind of just what I was going to mention about um, like performative like actions and stuff. Um, we're going to come onto like sanctions and Roman Abramovich being being the the sort of high profile like, oligarch that everyone knows being sanctioned. But, I mean, I have got no... I, I, like, I, I don't think that there's any other reason than, like, saving their own skin, um, because they have waited and waited. I mean, some people will say, oh, well, if they're going to sanction Abramovich, they need to, to like, build their case, because, I mean, he's got as much money as some like small countries like he would not hesitate to sue um if they started sanctioning him and they didn't have their like their kind of backs covered so but i think that they've also been wow what did the brandwich say when he he said he said a couple of weeks ago he was going to sell chelsea right yeah to their trust no so he, he passed over stewardship stewardship to their trust um he's obviously the owner he said that he was looking for um, someone to someone to take over, and all proceeds would be going to like um, charities that aid the um, victims of this war, right? Mm-hmm. But also, didn't say. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, uh, maybe. Maybe he did. But like, what? Like what that means? What charity <laughs> that would be? Uh, is this going to be the one that's like just six things up out of nowhere? Um, but also, I don't think the British government would trust that, like, that would happen. So sanctions are a way to sort of enforce control over that situation, um, and kind of freeze and control all of his assets that are in the UK. So 
I don't trust that the UK are doing the British government are doing anything to benefit anyone other than themselves, obviously, but obviously still trying to make it out like that. Yeah, just stealing, isn't it? This is what they do best. Well, <laughs> the French government, yeah, I'm just That's wild, though, that he's been targeted for this. Obviously, like, Russia's committed a massive crime by invading Ukraine, and you're obviously going to go after the people that make the most money. But it's mad, like the Russians have never done that to the US for their crimes. Or has anyone ever really done that to the US for their crimes? What, sanctioning yeah. millionaires? Well, that's the thing, so, like... Like, you don't see, like, Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk getting sanctioned by Russia. Mate, you don't even see them getting called oligarchs. And, no. like, it's the same thing. They're, they're like, lobbying and... Um, it's, I mean, control is the right word, but it feels a bit like tinfoil hat, do you know what I mean? But, it, like, it is, it is the way that, that politics and, I mean, especially the USA, um, works with, like, big businesses and yeah, the power of the lobbies. Um, it's, it's, the exact, it's the exact same thing, but, I mean, have you ever heard of a US oligarch? Well, that's the thing. They are oligarchs. Like, yeah, they, the cold one. Yeah. I'm only familiar with that because I've been reading writings for like years that have said that, yeah. but that's not part. Like you never hear it in the media at all. No. Do you know I seen a thing today on Twitter and it was saying that those three, their combined wealth is greater than the top a hundred richest Russian oligarchs. Uh, just, just those three men: Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and Elon Musk. That's mental. The three of them have uh, more money than Russia's top richest hundred. Yeah, yeah, but they're all right. Wait, They've that. never done anything bad, <laughs> or been involved in anything like shady and yeah. controlling and undemocratic. I honestly didn't think it was going to happen to Abramovich. It's just because he owned Chelsea, and that was that was the thing about um, supposedly why he bought Chelsea in the first place. Because oh, I don't know who who knows the sort of, what sort of like relationships and dynamics and dealings go on between like politicians and billionaires and especially in like Russia where I'm not from um, but apparently he, he 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 bought Chelsea to keep his have sort of like a his money very very like out in the public um, but in a but non-threatening and I don't know I can like mainly mainly for um, anyone in Russia um, being upset or annoyed at him um, but also I kind of thought that would have limited like the British government from going in because I mean that's where they've been granted Chelsea have been granted that special license as a, like, a cultural asset do you know I was like oh, I, doubt, I doubt they're going to touch like a like Chelsea like this because I mean they're a big big football team some would say <laughs> um, I hope they get fucked <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be interesting seeing um, Everton and Chelsea going down for totally different reasons. Although, is, is Everton not the one that's owned by the um, another oligarch as well? Maybe yeah. not. No, I think they do have pure minted owners, do. do they not? Yeah. But then, that's the thing. So, just because we're on the, uh, the topic of the English Premier League, um, was it yesterday that 
came out that Saudi Arabia ha- had the the government that had beheaded like eighty one people. Um, yeah, was beheaded. Was it eighty one people? Yeah. Um, we should just sanction everybody. <laughs> Everyone, in, every all the all the owners in that league. Well, that's what Subcommandante Marcos was talking about. World War Four would just be everybody sanctioning each other. Oh yeah. Oh, that'll be boring. <laughs> Not really. Ah, be terrible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just our economy getting trashed. Oh, as, as warfare. Well, that's hopefully when things will break down and then <laughs> we get to rebuild everything. Yeah, but we do need to start rebuilding now. I know. It's mad. It's mad to see though the like the difference that the Premier League has in opinion towards owners that are oligarchs. How do you mean? Like <laughs> Newcastle were owned by basically the fucking the Saudi state, and that's allowed. That's alright. Well, there was, I mean, but, there was a lot of there was still like campaigns against that happening, not from. I know, but like Newcastle fans. But. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the outrage from the media about this should be applicable to like so many other things like this invasion of Ukraine should be something that you're against in principle and yeah. that should apply to like Israel and Palestine do you know what I mean? Yeah. your people should be principled you're right like their principles should, should extend further than their own um, like whether, whether it benefits them or not yeah um, but then it's difficult as well. See when it's like just like no, no country should be doing invading like that. I know, but see when see when mate, things are shit for a lot of people just now. Obviously not like not in the middle of like a war zone, but in the UK, mate, things aren't good for a lot of people. And yeah. I mean that's why that's why things like football are so important because it's not like it's 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 the something you can get behind and support um, and it's, it means a lot to so many people so then I mean I don't really blame people for from not for, for I don't know switching off a little bit like we said before with the oh absolutely like I think COVID stuff. I think our society is built around violence to the point where it's enforcing so much trauma on people because that's like if people are experiencing traumatic events like Last year, we just watched our government be, like, so blatantly corrupt. It was unreal. Yeah. And the psychological implications of that are mental, I yeah. think. Like, you're just, like... If they can just do that and get away with that, then... What chance What's have the point? you got? Yeah. Especially in, in contrast to things like climate change, where they're having to approve new oil fields and all that. All because the price of gas is going up. Yeah. I mean, my... Our energy price changing it is like genuinely mental. How how much is it's going to go up um, from like one month to another, uh, and then we'll probably go up again this year. Yeah, our standing um, electricity charge price has doubled, um, and the cost of our of our right. bills have gone up. Yeah. It's gone up by fifty percent or something. Ours tripled. It's uh, it's not a competition, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's toxic. <laughs> no, it's 
it's uh, I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand how how it can be justified when at the same time we're seeing. I mean, like seen this constantly, but um, energy, uh, oil and gas, like firms, their profits have never been higher, and yeah, everyone's sharing record profits and stuff like that. So why are why are we being yeah? Why, why is the price why going up if it's record yeah. profits? Yeah, um, and I think that's essentially just because it's greed. It's I don't, like this is getting called inflation, but if it's record profits, yet wages aren't going up. Bills are going up. The price of food is unbelievable as well. I don't remember the last time yeah. I went to the shops just to pick up like a couple of things, and it was it was less than like a tenner, just for like just for like a like a couple of bits and bobs. Not even going in for like a, a proper shop. I'm gonna Everything's... do. A, I'm gonna do a scout about Aldi tomorrow and see. That's the real mark of inflation, isn't it? What? Aldi. What? What's happening with that? Aldi's prices? Yeah, just go in and check. <laughs> check the price of it in there. If it's higher than usual, you're like fuck, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, we are. We're on the cusp of a like a gen, like a, a gen, like a, I reckon we're on the cusp of like record-breaking generations of um, of poverty here. Yeah. This and we've got the worst government for that. Um, this to- this Tory government, not even particular because uh, again, like we, like we keep on saying, they're all bad. Um, but you just don't know how much worse it's going to get with this lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll just end up with, like, same kind of level of inequality as... It's already, like, such an unequal country. Already? Uh, I mean... And world. I know. But looking at, like, in 2011, we'd already passed the... um, Like, the poverty gap of, like, like Victorian era poverty gap. um, And it's still got worse, so... Yeah. Don't really know how far this is going to get. Well, well you see in the US that the wealth the wealth distribution was more unequal than it was during the French Revolution. Yeah, I'm I'm not mate, I'm not surprised. Have you, when was the last time you were in the US? Uh, Twenty fifteen. Never been. I've only been one time right. for a couple New of days, York. and it was uh, a strange place. It was such a weird place. Um. But it was in LA, and it was like. Do you know Uganda reminded me of the US? Uganda did. Yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, harsh on Uganda. Uganda was, I know. Uganda's lovely. Just like because obviously the I think it was so unregulated there. Do you know what I mean? Like, see, mind when we were going about some of the places and they had those shops and they were mm-hmm. painted in the full colours of like Coca Cola and Pepsi and that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, like a standalone building that was just yeah. Coca Like, that was the only distinguishable thing about it. You knew it was a shop because of that. But the full <laughs> shop was covered in that. And it was like, that was mental. Yeah, but that felt, yeah, it feels like the same way. Like everything can be commodified and everything has to be commodified. Um, but why is that? Me and Fraser were talking about this. Um, did we, no, in fact, we speak about this last week with the uh, community centres. Did we speak about this last week? Yeah, we did speak about community centers. Um, it's just the same stuff. It's like, why, why isn't, why don't, why isn't, why aren't there things that are that are there for like, the public to use? Why aren't there public amenities and 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 more sort of community structures in place 
for people just to do things. Why? Like everything shouldn't cost like more money to live. Yeah. But all, all those things get shot down. Money. I did, know. Did you listen to that episode I was talking to Fatima from Govan Hill Baths? She was saying, like during the nineties and early two thousands, like between the Tories and New Labour, the amount of community centres that were lost across Glasgow would like blow our minds. How much was it? I don't know. She never gave me a. She never gave me a figure. She didn't want to like properly blow your mind that I much. Don't know. Never recovered. <laughs> well, they just hit the wall behind me. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. It doesn't make any sense. It's like. Ah, do you know what? I'm actually not. I'm not even stressed about things anymore because it's, it's all. It's everything. It's all come to an end. <laughs> Have you made your piece? Well, that's the thing. Did you read the IPCC report on climate change? It was basically saying, like, my main takeaway from that was time to focus on survival rather than prevention. What did it say? I mean, I uh, you sent me it and I forgot to read it. Uh, so, fill me in. <laughs> Mate, you sure you want to know? Yeah, please go for it. Uh, okay, this is from The Guardian. 3.5 billion people are highly vulnerable to climate impacts and half of the world's population suffers severe water shortages at some point each year. One in three people are exposed to deadly heat stress and this is projected to increase to 50% and then to 75% by the end of the century. Half a million more people are at risk of serious flooding every year. Um, a billion Living on coasts will be exposed by 2050. Rising temperatures and rainfall are increasing the spread of diseases in people. It's just kind of a lot of more stuff like that. Just a lot. Like, basically, things are just, mate, it's done, mate. It's time that to... sounds... Doesn't sound that bad. Doesn't sound that bad. we <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> Even if the world keeps heating below 1.6 degrees by... 2100 and we're already at 1.1 degree then 8% of today's farmland will be climatically unsuitable just after the global population has peaked above 9 billion. If global heating continues and little adaptation is put in place 138 million more people are projected to go hungry by 2050. How do you fix it? It doesn't even make any sense it doesn't even make any sense to be like oh people we have, like, we have the, how do you fix that? We have the capacity to do it, but there's only one thing that's in the way. Capital. Yeah. Money, people don't want to, <laughs> people don't want to spend money and stop stop making money because it's bad for the planet. Like, isn't it, it's, uh, Isn't that and, like, sociopathic? What? Like just, oh, yeah, it is. Like, just wanting so much money that you don't even care that it destroys your entire planet that's contained all of the life that we know about for, like, billions of years. How we, mental uh, is that, though? I mean, like, just now, in history, we look back at... We're just letting them away with it. Yeah, we look, but we look back at, at, like, pure tyrannical, like, emperors and... um like kings and stuff like that kings and pharaohs or whatever uh as like 
maniacs and like power hungry and blah 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 blah. Um, that's what like the billionaires of today are going to be looked back on. They had the um, the the sort of the means to save this civilization <laughs> and uh. have chosen not to. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we all have the power to stop them, but realizing that power is is the is how to get things changed. Obviously, that's why radical organizing is so important. So, if anyone out there is thinking maybe I should do this to to help, then this is your this is your sign to, to get out there and go do something. Did you see they might approve fracking? Where? England probes, but I'm not surprised with the. I'm pretty sure the Scottish actually. Hold on, I look this up because I'm pretty sure the Scottish Energy Minister said something bizarre about it. Something bizarre, as in like kind of vague, so he can he, like whenever he comes to his decision on what what they're gonna do, but he can be like, "Well, I never really said no." Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. The SNP, they they have that faction, fossil fuel faction within. So, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm reading this. <clears throat> well, what are you reading? I'm well, no, I'm reading. I can't even find it. Oh, uh, it's all just old stories. If you made this up, then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I probably just believed something. <laughs> <laughs> that I've read on. Well, that's what I wanted to say, actually. Like, have you seen that stuff about the TikTokers being briefed by governments? I saw a video of like uh, Russian TikTokers all saying the same thing. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Have you not seen it? Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, I don't know what they're saying because it was all in Russian. But uh, the title was like Russian TikTokers spreading. Um, government propaganda, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then it put videos of, like, like all sorts of different um, Russian TikTokers together, and then, like, like the four, three of them at a time would be saying, like, like the exact same thing. It was it was so mental. I've not seen any anything else from, like, other countries. I, I just saw that one article. That's wild. Yeah. Um, and it was, like... Like that, some of the, like that clip of the American news. Yeah, it was like and that. And it like, pan, like pans back out and there's like more and more and more saying the same thing. Yeah, saying the exact same thing. Maybe it was exactly like that. That's what um, and And some of the TikTokers were like blue ticked as well. It was weird. Well, that was a thing. I have read a, a, a Vice News article about that. Mm-hmm. Was that what you seen it on? Because I never watched a oh, video on that. Uh, but basically, the headline was Russian TikTok influencers are being paid to spread Kremlin propaganda. But have you seen that? Yeah, I think it was that. Have you seen that they're also doing it in the US though? I'm not surprised. What have you seen any? Uh, I've not seen any, but like the have you not seen the news where I think it was CBS said the White House briefed social media influencers on Ukraine crisis. Why? Because they're just spreading propaganda. I know, but how do you let that be known? I don't know. Like, but that's the way that the the news has presented it here. We're not right. here, obviously, in the US, but like in in the West, compared to the exact same thing happening, you know what I mean? Russia are out there telling their TikTokers to do it, and yeah. then 
the US are like literally briefing social media influencers at the White House about Ukraine. I'll try and find that article. It was. Wonder what they told them. Surely they've not. Like, surely, surely they've not given them like insider knowledge. <laughs> nah, <laughs> but it would be like tell tell them. I was thinking it was like tell them how. Bad. Yeah, not like how to report on it. Basically, <laughs> probably includes like I don't know. What do I say? And this libelous. I I mean, I don't think. Mate, the US uh, the US it. government are going to come after you. <laughs> they might, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I just thought that was wild that that was happening because I do you think you would fall for that I think really they're doing that because do you think I would fall for US government propaganda absolutely I think you would <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd probably fall for it <laughs> See, what do you mean I think you would and then you're like oh, I think I might fall for it you 100% would no I never said might I said I would fall for it I, no um... I, I, like See, when I was doing my research for this, yeah, yeah I was, well, <laughs> can't really call it research, but I seen a TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> and it said NASA had hired 26 priests and theologians, or like, of major religions, to find out how people will react to aliens, and I was like, oh, that's right. mental, so I wrote it down, and I was like, it's one of my talking points. <laughs> and then the next day I was looking at my talking points and I was like how do I even know that's true like I just seen that on TikTok <laughs> so I put it into Google <laughs> like I just typed NASA hires 26 priests and theologians and uh, the first five results six results like just the ones you could see yeah. it, it was like headlines saying no NASA hasn't hired 20, <laughs> 26 priests and theologians <laughs> Were you like that? That's that, that, that's that Russian misinformation getting me. <laughs> so I can't believe I fell for that one. Uh, okay, I, well, I had the same thing, but <laughs> I never researched it. <laughs> but I've also, uh, I also, I'd literally just saw, a, maybe it was a headline or something, but it was the um, Russia have threatened to. Um, like strand some um, US astronaut who's on the International Space Station. Oh, really? What the fuck? Yeah. Can they do so, that? Well, is it not Russia that um, they do like the transport now to and from the International Space Station? So no idea. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really clued up in astronaut news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you say. Uh, but yeah, um, that that just came to my mind because you had mentioned NASA as well. Look, I don't have really much more to say on it. <laughs> I I, well, I genuinely thought you were going to say NASA have have hired like. Um, Do you know what it was? They paid a study. Right, so it was like a half truth. Yeah. Right, that's not so bad. I thought you were going to say. Wait, what? To ask them, like they found NASA found God. <laughs> one of these needs to come and speak to him and whoever's right come and let us know I'm actually howling I just googled it again and the top one's like NASA hasn't just hired 24 theologians to st- study future discovery of aliens but it says NASA did fund a programme undertaken by 24 theologians am I saying that right? theologians 
to study how major religions would react to the discovery of alien life, but not to directly hire the academics. The NASA funding for the programme ended in 2017. So what... They've funded people to study it. How's that not hiring them? Oh, I mean, they're not... They're not NASA employees. Yeah, they're not employed. But... but that's a but weird way to... You can fund, like, studies at different, like... Research centres or universities and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that means they're they are they made, that means they've got aliens, <laughs> and they're like, right, let's let's break it to the easy. Don't I hope they don't do it like the now. Where do you think the alien? Like, where do you think the aliens keep their armies? <laughs> Up their sleeves. <laughs> aliens don't have sleeves. <laughs> they might. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? How can you say uh, that with your full chest? Confidently. Uh, Aliens don't have <laughs> sleeves. <laughs> well. Ah, uh, right. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> let's not get into that again. <laughs> have you seen that Don't Look Up? I have seen Don't Look Up. I quite enjoyed it. Really? Have you seen it? I thought it was alright. I. I had I had been told though that it was like really 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 good. So oh really? Um, By who? I, everybody that that had seen it was like, oh, it's class. Uh, so that so because of that, I was kind of expecting it to be like pure disappointing, and I was like, you know, it was actually alright. It was alright, but see at the same time, like none of them are doing that. But I don't know. <laughs> But it was just a film. I know, but Leonardo DiCaprio was kicking about in a super yacht. Like, I know. Just after it. Aye. But it was just a film. <laughs> I know, but it's annoying them doing that. It is. Do you think so? Yes, but... I, I'm, not, I know, I, I'm not... I'm not raging about it. Are you sure? <laughs> you sound like, upset about it. Oh, I'm fuming, mate. I'm fizzing. Uh, I thought it was an alright film, but... I thought the film was good as well. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. <laughs> Phil, Phil, <laughs> <laughs> How mental is it, Brewdog, or making those beers, those United for Ukraine beers? I know, they're actually shameless. <laughs> they are. It's, it's so embarrassing. Like, everybody knows, everyone knows now that they're full of shit. And they're still trying to be like, oh, look at us, we're the, we're the, the cool rogues of, yeah. of beer. Uh, yeah. He, uh, James Watt, he's the, he's the owner, isn't he? James yeah. Watt? Yeah. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the... Um, well... The <laughs> well, in my opinion, he is a prick, he looks like... <laughs> I'm the questioner. <laughs> What were you saying? Um, did I watch what? Did you did you watch the BBC? Um, oh, oh, the mad panorama. Yeah, it was like it was like Scott BBC Scotland's version of panorama. Did you watch it? No, I never watched it. Wait, he, I, um, I would just get too annoyed. Yeah, yeah, you you. Uh, and I already it. know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um. No, are you surprised that they've launched a? I'm not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. Do 
Do you like Dog beer? I've never drank it, and I never will. You never had even one? No. Do you like I it? Is it good? Um, no, I think they take things like too far. They can never, you know, they've got a couple. They've got a couple of like okay beers, but everything else is like over hopped, and I don't know. They feel like they try and overcomplicate everything. Um, but I, mean, I do. I actually do find it funny that they still are trying to be like the that with image. things like this, like 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 that image. Yeah, but at the same time, try to change their image. They're they're. I don't know if it's a current advert, but it was. Um, it used to be on during football. It was like beer for all or something like that. Planets, mm-hmm. we're the world's favorite beer. Some shit like that. Um, aye, you can't have it both ways, and at the same time, be like being pursued by your former and current employees for terrible, terrible staff treatment, and documentaries being made about your founder being. Um, like treating your staff poorly and also like sexual harassment making staff uncomfortable uh, yeah I think they should just give up and fuck off now <laughs> I agree <laughs> I do concur with that elegantly put <laughs> statement thank you they'll literally do anything to improve their image apart from improve the working conditions for their staff yeah like I, I heard <clears throat> Do you know what? It's not even like a. Heard some staff members say that, like, see in terms of like, just bar workers and and that, mm-hmm. and and the hospitality industry that Brewdog, for a lot of people, isn't the isn't like the worst the worst bar to work in, but that is mainly because the hospitality industry is terrible for like worker conditions and stuff, so it's not difficult not to be the worst, but when. You're saying that oh we are so different and we care. Uh, it's very very important to be nowhere near like the bottom of that list. So it's still a massive fucking massive fail for them. I can't see them ever like losing customers though. Man, I think the people. The, I think the people that go the there pure don't care. What do you mean? Like <laughs> the people that go to Brewdog by now. Surely, just don't care about the shit that they've been up to. But it's the same thing. People, a lot of people are, are are like ignorant to that sort of thing. I mean, it's yeah, you're right. It's the same as uh, we're in a situation now where where things have got so bad, people don't really understand and put. So, right, I give you an example. Um, with Unite, went to the um, the abandoned ship picket. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Glasgow uh, in like January um, now for like us see if I was in like a restaurant or a bar sitting having a drink like I mean even somewhere could have been the case that you like they could have not been from Glasgow and were through it was on a I think it was on a Friday night or something like that and you don't know too much about the bar and then a picket happens outside from <laughs> like a trade union I am um, it was the case that night that there was uh, staff from um, that place and like other venues um, from McMenny who owned them. I mean, I would stand up and get out um, because that's your, that's just showing solidarity to like workers. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's on, like, but you have people that one won't care 
and potentially because of their politics as well, um, they'll be like, oh, that's a fucking load of shit and whatever. Um, and other ones just won't really know what's going on. And I mean, I mean, we had it where Stanton and there's like Stephen people coming up and be like, what's this? <laughs> uh, like, what's this all about? And yeah. you'd have to be like, oh, people are having like a really awful time at work and being treated really poorly and this and that. And they'd be like, oh, right, okay. And then just kind of sort it off. Like, yeah. that's what you're kind of, it's like apathy that you're battling just now. Um, because people don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's they don't think that they should have the protections that like trade unions and that offer. Um, but I don't know. I've, I've gone off on a mental tangent uh, about hospitality. <laughs> uh, but no. what I thought about doing, like, <laughs> yeah, no, keep going back. That's, keep going. It's cool. I know, but I kind of lost track of where I was going with it. But you kind of get. You kind of get. What I mean, that's what. Um, that's what, what everyone's fighting, and that's the state of hospitality. In general, in, yeah. In general, so I think people, it's easy to be like, see, what's, watching that documentary, that's why I was asking if you'd watched it, there was there was guys that were talking about the, so when you were saying, oh, people who who, who like, like BrewDog and drink BrewDog, it was talking about the, the punks with equity thing, which is where BrewDog have like got their like, huge ca- cash injections from, up until a point where they... Um, got into the private equity market. Um, but the punks equity allowed like their their fans and their like their the followers of their beer, as they were like craft beer, and it was like a like a a little like subculture movement, um, sort of sorts. Um, that's how they got their their cash injections, and and then all of a sudden, like I think they, they said like oh, we'll, we'll never sell out, we'll never sell out, obviously, because they're like punks. And then um, they get in bed. I can't even remember the, the private equity firm, but they get in bed with this private equity firm. They give them a different share class to the punks with equity. So all of a sudden, like the, punk, the, the, like the, the people who have been supporting the company, buying the beer, um, influencing the company and, and like financing it, all of a sudden their shares of the, are diluted. Um, this, this, the investment that they, that they put in is like... Uh, uh, obviously, it like, means nothing. So those people, tur- like, uh, for the most part, have turned on Dog. They've been like, "Well, we're the ones that we got you into this position to be this big fucking giant company," and they get turned on because there was a chance for more quick money instead of just I don't know staying true to their roots, which is what people can expect companies like that to do. But then obviously they don't because their companies trying to make money still. Yeah. It's like that, uh, like fetish, fetishization of small business. The same, mm-hmm. the same, the it's the same end result every time. Because the issues are oh. systemic, isn't it? Yeah, that is really the, the, the right, that, that that tangent was. <laughs> Do you feel good? Got it all out. Yeah, <laughs> it knows. Nah, I genuinely feel like I've uh, just took a wee deep breath there, and I was like, that was good. Do <laughs> you see the Reclaim the Streets campaign won their case against the Met Police? Oh, did they? Yeah. When did that happen? I think that was their day. I've missed so much news this week. What day is today? Sunday? Sunday. The, it was ruled that the police's handling of the vigil yeah. was not in accordance with the law. 
So what happens now? Probably nothing still. <laughs> yeah, but probably none. A full <laughs> independent review. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be so independent. <laughs> um, but that is at least a good. I don't know. Does that set any precedent for? I'm not sure actually. The, the, the Met, uh, maybe even just the Met Police handling um, public events. Nah. I don't think it never comes from this. I think you should change the name of this podcast series to, but nothing ever changes. <laughs> That's not true. I know, I know. We can it's, get there. I know, but just like having these conversations, it's... Uh... It does seem like a good one for them, but at the same time, like, it doesn't really change the role of police in society, which is where the the issue really comes from. Like, I don't think the police will ever be able to repair the relationship with women because like their role is to defend the system. That's why they exist to exist to defend capital. Yeah. And when that, like the, the skewed to to, to men. Def- yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a it's like a patriarchal system. So how can how are women supposed to ever be able like ever be able to feel safe in a society? that will enact violence to enforce patriarchal norms. Mm. So, But that's not to say that it doesn't, like, going back to your last thing, nothing ever changes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I... it's, it's, it's about knowing your enemy and knowing what it is, and your enemy is the system that perpetuates this. Well, a good way to see um, how things do change and how to how to change things um, is by listening to your other podcast episodes with like all sorts of people who are doing that. Yeah, that said though, like there's already communities that are at the forefront of showing how to create a, like a culture and a community and a society that's centered around women in a way that doesn't oppress them. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got the Zapatista communities. Yeah. In Mexico, that have like done unreal with that. Do you know, like seeing all Zapatista? territory alcohol is banned because mexico used to have a massive problem oh still does have a massive problem with like domestic violence violence yeah and zapatista women said that occurred to them most when like their husbands were drunk so they said if we're going to live in this territory then you need to make one of the laws that alcohol is illegal and it's illegal and like since then it's made a massive difference to their lives but because they control their own territory they've got the autonomy to do that but we have no say in our life, we have like barely any democracy, so we need to kind of find those moments where we can utilize the democracy we have and build momentum towards having our own autonomous communities. Because realistically, the only way, like they, they brought down domestic violence just by listening to the women. Yeah, I don't know That's if great. that really happens within our society. Exactly. Like, like how many was that? That's like the. Um... Like the obvious sort of solution, not solution, but like, like okay, what direction do we move in? Okay, why don't we ask? Like, why don't we speak to the people who have actually been affected by this and what would help them? Um, that 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 that's like a. It's obviously not a radical approach, but it kind of feels like it is because it's not what usually happens. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say like just and that would change everything. You don't have obviously. to like change the whole. The, like the rest of the system as well yeah 
Do you know what I mean? That's just something that happens in the private house, but that doesn't really that doesn't really have an effect on the violence enacted through the state and stuff like that. I think like that's just for me it's the way to go in it. Just self governance. You don't actually we don't we don't need these centralised power structures that just bend to private will and just deplete all the resources. We don't really need that. <laughs> no, we don't at all need that. That's why we've done it. Yeah. I think that's the thing as well, like one of the notable differences between like the Zapatistas in here was they're defending the land that they have, whereas in Scotland, pretty much everyone's been stripped of the land. Well, what was the... How many people is it that own 50% of... That's like 400. Yeah. 432, maybe. People own over 50% of rural Scotland. And in the Western world, at least, that's one of the most unequal land distributions. It's crazy. Why do you think... Why do you think that here... Do you remember in... Was it Argentina? And you were talking to someone and they were talking about, like... You were talking about Iron Brew taking the sugar out and they were like, oh, so how many people protested? Yeah. And stuff like that, which is obviously, like... Surely that <laughs> was sarcasm. I don't know. But... Nah, actually... No, I don't I think, think it was. So. It's like, it's, <clears throat> so that, my point was going to be that's obviously to the extreme of protesting, like, like every little change, right? But, yeah, because they were so unionised, weren't they? Like, how many times within that month of being in Argentina did we walk outside or where we're staying in Buenos Aires and there would be a demonstration? Yeah. There was even like just union gatherings, gatherings, sorry, where they would like just hang about in the street, drink beer. Ha- hang thought- some banners out and set fireworks off and have flags and drums and all that. Aye, I've got pictures of, I think it was our first night in Buenos Aires and we were stood watching this group with like banners and drums and like uh, trumpets and I don't know if they had like smokes and stuff like that. Well, we heard fireworks, that's why we went along. Yeah, they um, were setting fireworks off when we were there. And we were like, oh, I wonder what this football team is. Fucking I know. Was that. <laughs> It was um, it was a union branch. Yeah, um, I think it was because I was like zooming in on my map, and that's what it said the building was. Oh yeah, but cult, cult, I mean, I don't even think it's just that it's heavily unionized because I mean, remember the remember the the. Oh, did you not uh, see those demonstrations though? Yeah, but do you remember the size of the demonstrations for uh, the pro-abortion laws? Yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, that wasn't unions. It said that was students that was that was organised by uh, unions. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was but it was like a, it was like a lot more like loosely like affiliated. Like it was just didn't have to be. Like, yeah, union uh, yeah. No, I, I do know what you mean. Like, like trade union organising. It wasn't just like that's uh, what I mean because like, because it's not being crushed. crushed. Yeah, because because it's not being crushed. Like the. That it's kind of a culture's developed around it. Yeah, you yeah. don't have that. No, no, we don't have that at all. Um, like it was wild, wasn't it? You turned up and there was like people with barbecues and that. Yeah, making chori pan. But um, I do find that quite funny as well because Argentina is kind of like um, like an economic and like sort of like governmental, I guess, political like anomaly where I think it's really hard to predict for like the experts and stuff, what's going to happen with their economy, what's going to happen with um, 
with their politics and what's going to get through. I think it's really difficult for them to get in, to get things through and keep people happy because people will just voice their like displeasure. Like millions of people will voice their displeasure at the drop of a hat, which which is class. You're right. We definitely don't do that. have that here. We definitely yeah. don't have that here. Yeah. But I, like... I mean, the closest thing, that's why I think, I mean, I think that's why um, the independence campaign was so exciting because, I mean, that was huge. I, I think, I'm not sure how a next, a next independence referendum will feel because, I mean, again, we spoke about this before. I don't know if it was on last week's or if it was on my podcast episode with you, but... I mean, since straight after the independence referendum, we had Brexit, snap elections, Brexit again, more COVID, and uh, like like everything happening. Um, people are really, really tired about it. But during the first referendum campaign, everybody was like so excited and so like politically engaged and politically active and. I get. Oh, it was. It was definitely on um, my podcast episode because we're talking about I too, and the stuff that the stuff that came from it. And that, like, again, it just shows how important like being involved in, in in that sort of stuff is because you get some like amazing results out the back of it. Democracy manifests in it. Yeah, like just that people remember. getting together with their communities and deciding what to do about what's happening in the community and then making that change. Yeah. Just a pain in the arse that like that's the way that change has to be made. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know. I don't just know a pain in the arse. It's a fight in the first place. Yeah, just we're just asking for your basic things, public services. I don't. I don't know if you wanted to talk about this just now, but I kind of think this is like a a bit of a segue into um, the stuff about Inchconican, mm-hmm. just because. So we were talking about um is it Kirsty McCall? I thought it was Kirsty Young. Kirsty Young. Who's Kirsty McCall? Is that the Pogues the one that did the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you know how she died? Stop it. <laughs> um Wait, what am I looking up I, again? I don't Kirsty know. Young. I we Kirsty Young. Ah yeah, was it a television uh, presenter? Yeah. And her and do you know who her husband is? Uh Frank Lampard. Big what? Jones. So, who's that? Uh, an English restaurateur and club proprietor. Proprietor. So they, they, they bought Inch Conican, the island on, uh, on Loch Lomond, which is now famous for having been the home to a colony of wallabies. Yeah. For, wait, how long for? Uh, what do you mean? How long have they been there since? I'm pretty sure yeah. it was the 60s or something. Um, so, Kirsty Young's plan has been to, I think she wanted to open some sort of like visitor centre on the island, um, move the wallabies somewhere else, don't know where, um, aye, and build like a visitor centre so people could go and visit the island. Um, now, uh, was it Woodland Trust? The Woodland Trust have opposed this and have been like... Oh, really? Yeah, like... Like, like suggest not moving... Like, well, where would they move Where would they move the Wallabies to? Like, they were... It was literally... Fought... We've been there since the end of World War Two. 
Right, then the World War Two. They were an invasive species, obviously, coming from Australia. Uh, or, like, non-native species um, yeah. coming over from Australia. And, like, that island has had to... I don't know, I mean, I imagine some sort of, like, like adaptation over the last 70 years. Um, 80 years. And... Like, moving them somewhere else and having to do the same thing. And also, the, on top of that, building a visitor centre, just it's to be like, to talk about how important like islands like this are and the habitats on the islands are, to then... Build it, like... Yeah, level parts of it to build, um, like, platforms and, um, like, welcome hub and stuff like that and a little, like, uh, like information bit. Like, you can do that so much less destructively yeah, um, and on top, we just build it and l- just build it and lust. Like, yeah, we already have visitor centers and stuff. Inch like that. I mean, are like a paddle across the yeah. water from Luss. We already have stuff like that. Like, yeah, just see, see when we go there next. Leave it alone. We need to go from Luss. <laughs> need to stop going there from Balmaha. <laughs> uh, like a full day paddle to, <laughs> to get. Uh, to be fair, that's quite it's quite, 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 quite a good paddle, isn't it? Yeah, last time was. Like, Stopping on the, stopping on the islands on the way over is nice. Um, yeah, I live but not, not uh, Luss as well. I mean, Luss is, is Luss not so much easier to get to as well, just because it's like an road all, all the way along to it. Sure, we could do a part two about the wallabies. If I, I'm going to be buying a camera, we should do that soon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll prepare, prepare them to fight Kirsty Young. <laughs> Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, just raise, just heads. raise attention about this. But see the same, see the same time. Like, I don't really, mm, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really care about them. <laughs> I was gonna say they're not supposed to be there, though, are they? No. Do you know the island? The islands are a scientific, a special scientific interest site, and they're a conservation area. Yeah. They've got like endangered birds and all that on them. Ancient woodland. Yeah, ancient woodland. It's pretty much what Scotland would look like across this kind of central belt if it wasn't. Ravaged. <laughs> Pillaged, man, for its wood. Not a tree will survive. But it's such a interesting thing, isn't it? Like, what, those wallabies being on a Scottish island. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking as well, though? We could make it better by the next time we go, stay two nights, so we've got a full day on the island. See, to be honest, we probably could... Um, I mean, or you could just go from Luss in the morning and spend or the full day. see, because of the Scotland games called off, I've still yeah. got that day off, but we could do that at weekend. We're probably going to get tickets for a friendly, though. Poland game? No, surely, surely they'll make us buy them. Nah, you kidding, on? Why? Oh, well, they might, actually. Because the proceeds will probably go to Ukraine, and then... Yeah. and then and you then... just keep your original ticket. For the next one, yeah. What, so you're, you're wanting to go then? Oh, because you have that well, time off? Yeah, because I've already booked a day off. What day? Friday? Friday. So you go Friday, and then it's Friday, Saturday. Friday night and Saturday night. I don't, I, think, I don't know if I have got a camera by then. I wanted Can to make another video. Oh, I could just you do the one I've got now, yeah. Yeah, obviously. But it's a bit shit. <laughs> it's a bit shit oh, compared to what we're going to be. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking, see if we spent two nights there you can get up in the morning and I think they'll come out at like dawn and dusk yeah I don't know 
just, I don't know, you'd have much more time to just focus on that than paddling all the way from Bawaha. So what do you think is the right thing to do about the Wallabies? I'm, a, I'm in agreement that we should there shouldn't be a visitor centre on the island. The islands don't need developed any more than they are. They're like pure last, like the last enclaves of proper nature that we have. Yeah, I, uh, I quite like the fact that there's no like ferry service over to them. There's one that in the water that kind of goes past and shows. Yeah. But yeah, I actually still howl so much thinking about the last time we were there. Because <laughs> <Why>? so... <laughs> in the morning the ferry was going by and they were giving a tour. <laughs> Do you remind us how raging you got? Oh, it was so no. funny. Do you remember this? Uh, the, <laughs> the ferry tour was going round. And you could hear them talking about the animals on the island and I started making monkey noises. <laughs> You've made that up. I've not made that up. And you're like, mate, shut up, stop it. You were so embarrassed by it. Wait, you've made that up. <laughs> that was joke, I do remember that, and it was it was um, Wait, I was actually highlighting so much. You're saying that like that's the one time you did it as well. So <laughs> there's there's there was other people that were staying around the other side of the Side the islands. Yeah. So I don't know why you're kidding on. Like you made this joke. You did this for like a laugh one time. As <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a normal thing you do. If <laughs> you outed yourself, yeah, well done. I just want to convince everyone there's monkeys living <laughs> nearby. Why is that such a bad thing? What would you do though if you're like on one of those islands and you actually see a monkey? Do you think there's people there's there's people that are pure conspiracy theorists about what about monkeys? About the wallabies? In what way? Ah, they're not real. Oh really? Aye, and then they'll you'll be like surely not. You'll be the fake news. <laughs> surely not with videos. <laughs> 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 Man, there's people who think they're <laughs> True. True. True, there is people who think that. Not true, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan over here. Shut up. Not spreading any misinformation. <clears throat> Mate, I actually seen one of the funniest tweets ever. It was spreading the style of uh, Instagram infographic. And the caption was, I was today years old when I learned that going to the bathroom is literally a response to collective anxiety. And then the picture says, going to the bathroom is not normal. And then it's, like, it's like a graph that says, like, average urination slash bowel movements per day. And like, since the 1900s, urinations have skyrocketed to above eight per day from, from like, one. And bowel movements has went up to over two. But honestly, I was actually laughing so much because just... <laughs> the kind of there's people like, like people replying going, no way is this real. Like <laughs> this isn't accurate whatsoever. And one of the hilarious things about the graph is like it starts from like the 1500s till now, and in like 1750, there's like a spike <laughs> in the urinations, and everyone's just like. <laughs> and the reply saying any word on the spike in piss numbers around then, <laughs> around 1950 what the hell was going on but see when I was looking at it I was like I can't even tell if that's a bam up or not what <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've kept on but I can see I could see why people would fall for that 
but I was actually laughing so much seeing people fall for that. Because <laughs> you were like, well, that was close. <laughs> yeah, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can't take it in real on the internet. Especially after seeing those things, see what we were talking about earlier with the TikTok stars that were mm-hmm. being briefed on both sides by their government. Oh, there's so much, so much misinformation. Yeah, I, I actually don't believe it and I read about it anymore. <laughs> like genuinely see, see the Ukraine tweets. Like the ghost of Kiev stuff. <laughs> yeah, I so badly want that to be true though. Like that's such a cool story. What is the story? Because all I've heard Close is that it's a... It's a metaphor for their whole air force. No, I'm sure it may make today or maybe yesterday. I read today. Um, some Ukrainian, like I think, like I don't know if it was their like military page or their government page, posted a picture of the supposed guy. But oh, I know and it was a picture of the guy in the jet, and he was looking to the camera. Aye, that's from like so, that's from 2019. What? That picture. Holding on, holding the missile. Oh, holding the missile. No, it was, no, it was the guy no, sitting on the plane. Yeah, mate, he is sat on a plane. <laughs> yeah. It was probably in the Kiev Independent, though. Yeah, it was. Um, but, just you were asking, like, what, this, what it is about that guy. There's supposedly some Russian jet fighter that has shot down over 50... Um... Ukrainian, you mean? Aye, I was, I was like, did I just say Russian there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Ukrainian jet fighter that shot down over 50 Russian um, planes yeah. over Kiev. And uh, he's called the Ghost of the ghost of Kiev and is supposed to be this um, legendary, iconic figure. Um, I think you've got I'm, to be like five years old to believe that, to be honest. I don't care, I don't care if it's, if it's not, uh, not true. It's a, it's a cool thing. <laughs> See the stories about like World War Two when you like see the most that uh, see the most kills that a pilot's ever had is seventeen, in their in their career. Right. And apparently, this ghost of Kiev is shot in like forty nine planes or something in like the past two, two weeks. You're just a you're a big shot. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're just an unbeliever. I believe in the ghost of Kiev. You're mental. <laughs> <laughs> It was supposed to be six planes that he shot down, which was why everyone was going mental over him. Is that not like at, like on the first day or something? I don't know. Surely a lot of shit, man. I like that we've come back round to back round to Ukraine. I can't get away with it, can you? No. To be honest, I wasn't. I was even joking when um, I said that I've kind of missed loads of news. I've just been pure busy this week, and I sat down Friday night and I was talking to Fraser about it and. I was like, what's happened in Ukraine, like, this week? Um, and he, he was like, oh, there's, like, pictures came out of mass graves and... Mass graves? Yeah. What there's the hell? Reports, reports of just, like, like open fire on civilians uh, become a lot more frequent. I saw, just before we came on, that... Um, Bren... Oh, I googled his name. Brent... David Brent, Brent, Brent Renaud, um, who is an award-winning US filmmaker, um, did stuff for like Vice, uh, New York Times, won awards and stuff like that. Um, he was he was he's been killed in Ukraine. Oh really? 
filming and one of his <laughs> one of his team was shot. Or or one of his teams also injured. Yeah. Um, and I I think it came out because some Ukrainian thing had posted um pictures of his like like I think US press um credentials or yeah. like documents. Um so yeah, it's That's horrible. Yeah. It's just it's heavy and it's a lot. And like we said time and time again, I'm not surprised people kind of like, kind of like tune out. I kind of feel like that's happened a little bit. Like, see, even just having like the radio on in the office, mm-hmm. there's a lot less of like, and this is happening in Ukraine, and this is happening in Ukraine already. It usually is like a little longer before it starts to like fade out of of like. Do you know what I mean? But I think people are kind of starting to switch off from it already, which is kind of insane. I just read that there about that. Brent. Yeah, that's one of the top news things about Ukraine. Russia said ships transporting weapons to Ukraine could be considered legitimate military targets. Cool. Another potential escalation, isn't it? Uh, Love that, man. What the hell? Households uh, offered... Do you see that thing? Households offered £350 a month to host Ukrainian refugees as Britain opens its doors. What? You should take... You should take a... Do you, do you have a spare room? No. Do you think we've covered everything in the news? I don't think so. So much more to talk about. No. What's happened? <laughs> Another episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I think... I think everything was covered. Everything in global news. Sorry if something bad happened and we never covered it. Well, that's the end of this. So thank you so much for listening and catch us after.